Hi, this is Welcome to Self, caring for the human in the therapist chair. And I'm your host, Dr. Haley D. Quinn, fellow human, clinical psychologist, supervisor and trainer. Welcome to Self is a place where you can come and learn ways to elevate your own care and compassion. A place to rest, be soothed, and at times maybe gently challenged to think about yourself and your practice. A place to remember that you are human first and choose the helping profession as just one of the roles in your life. My aim is that this is a place of soothing, comfort, nourishment, growth and nurture. A place where you can also welcome yourself. Welcome to another episode. I'd like to thank Copper Sulfate for leaving a review. They said, I'm really enjoying this series of podcasts. I think that therapist self-care is a much needed but much neglected topic. And so having this as a resource is invaluable as it really helps you pause and think about what you need to take care of yourself. Looking forward to hearing future episodes. Thank you for leaving feedback. It's very much appreciated. I'm thrilled to announce my next guest, Dr. Mary Welford. Mary is a consultant clinical psychologist who has held senior positions for the BABCP and Compassionate Mind Foundation. She currently works with a range of UK-based schools and heads up Care to Achieve, promoting the aims of educational settings by improvements to staff, student and parental well-being. Mary authored the Kindness Workbook in 2020, compassion-focused therapy for dummies in 2016, and the compassionate mind approach to building your self-confidence in 2012. It is my great pleasure to welcome Mary to the podcast. So hi, Mary. Thank you so much for joining me. This is fantastic. Yay! (laughs) Could you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what it was that drew you to becoming a helping professional? So I grew up in Yorkshire, north of England. Um, early memories. Um, yeah, you know, can I, it's difficult to know how different you are to other people, isn't it? Or, you know, how similar you are to other people. I always remember being kind of tuned into what was going on for other people um, and interested Um and wanting to to help but I do think that that is quite a human trait but my parents were I suppose worked with people um so my dad was a policeman and my mum was a nursery nurse and so there was a lot about others and people and um and then I was doing biology and a teacher had said to me what about psychology um and I thought oh yeah that sounds interesting not least because I didn't think I'd well I didn't get the grades to do genetics which was my kind of like thing that I'd just set my heart on Uh, I know so I went to kind of like I went to do psychology and then it was a it was an it was more of a sense of I followed what I liked so I became a support worker and I liked that 
And whilst being a support worker, there was a psychologist that used to come in and kind of um, design things, interventions and all sorts of things. And I became really interested in that. So, so it was more something that unfolded and evolved rather than a strategic, this is what I want to do. I just followed what I liked. Yeah, nice. And then what sort of led you down the path? Because you work a lot with young people, don't you? So I suppose that the path of, you don't have to be an adult psychologist for long or working within emotional and mental health, psychological well-being to have that thought, I wish I'd have got in earlier. I wish I'd have seen this person earlier. It doesn't take long for you to kind of like, oh, if only, I wish. Um, So that led me to be interested in working with, you know, younger and younger adults. um, And then actually those who are in transition from child services to adult services And then I got an opportunity to start working into a school, um, which I kind of like did. And yeah, it's an opportunity to 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 kind of like work early and earlier. But I'm laughing because, you know, you do get to a certain point whereby, um, you know, you get to see young kids and then you think I need to see the parents. Yeah. Uh, You know. (laughs) So you kind of like you come full circle Um, and it has led me to just think actually the point of, um, you know, working with somebody is now, you know, the the best time is now, you know, whether you're 80 year old, 40 year old, 18 year old, you know, kind of. So, so yeah, so that's what led me trying to chase this perfect time to prevent and to um, intervene and uh, so yeah working my way down the age group really yeah oh lovely yeah and like you say I think that's the thing isn't it I think many of us that work with adults have had that experience of I know I hear myself a lot saying why is this stuff not taught in schools this stuff (laughs) needs to get get to people earlier absolutely the other parallel is you know kind of like so so that's our you know client focused work but then it's in ourselves as well isn't it why wasn't I taught this in school you know kind of why why have I got to the age that I am and I'm still having you know kind of like points at which I just have a penny drop moment for myself or um you know and I think gosh how how have I got to the age that I'm at (laughs) and not actually realized x y and z or not done the work on x y and z Uh, so I think it's as much as you know the clinical work that I was doing but also that sense of you know yeah I wish I'd known it I mm. wish I'd been taught this um and therefore that motivating me yeah as well. gosh absolutely I, I can relate to that well I didn't I don't know why didn't I know this many 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 years ago yeah. oh, things could have been quite yeah. different <laughs> I kind of think that's the you know, when we started workshops around, uh, you know, compassion-focused therapy, and of course it was the strap line, you know, was working with, you know, high levels of shame, high levels of self-criticism, or, or you know, kind of like, in, there was this emphasis on uh, people who were really shame-laden, who were really critical of themselves, and the other therapies 
weren't necessarily touching the sides or you know kind of like or or benefited from additional stuff etc and what we actually found was that whilst we were training others people were just saying oh my god this applies to me mm-hmm. yeah and you just hear that so many times people saying you know in the early days i feel changed by it yeah you know it was when i did that exercise that i realized this it was when you were talking about this it was when i was in a room with a load of other people and there was a a common experience of you know paul talking about something or some materials being that that actually it changed things for me mm-hmm. um and you know again that's what i like about the you know the approach by virtue you know that it is this common humanity it's all of us mm-hmm. and we learn it best from the inside out yeah absolutely i'd certainly agree with that So you've been learning, teaching and writing about compassion-focused therapy for a long time. What have you found most personally helpful about it? I think that this is a, it's something to do with CFT. Um, But it's a bit of a kind of, um, I don't know, a, a digression from it as well. I think that personally, the most helpful thing is being with other people who are not judging. Yeah. You know, it's it's about it's about community in actual fact, which which is a little bit of a kind of um, you know, part of me wants to say it's this practice, you know, kind of like, or it's this, it's this kind of bit of information, or it's the fact that, you know, kind of like I have got my personal practice and on the morning I do this and on an evening I do this, but it's not in yeah. actual fact. It's it's about, there's something about being with other human beings and finding a vehicle that allows me to be with other human beings in a truly authentic way and not to be judged by it, yeah. you know, kind of like by myself. So, so it's about being around other human beings that say things like that makes sense yeah oh absolutely absolutely I think um I think there's lots of people actually that uh, who I know that are involved in the kind of CFT community that would absolutely agree with you on that there Mm. is something isn't there about that connection where we can show up in an authentic way and know that we're not going to be judged I've spoken about this before in terms of the benefit of the training I had in CFT was it created this space where I could actually do deeper work with myself because there was a sense of safeness about that. Yeah. And I think one of the big things, certainly I know maybe I'm just talking for myself, but I don't think I am. I think one of the, the hardest things in terms of the community at the moment is with COVID is this inability to travel and see each other because coming together is always so it's like I, I call it my CFT family it's like this really beautiful connection um and I, I you know I'd agree with you on that I think it's a really lovely thing I think it's I suppose that with what's been going on in the world I think like everything there are benefits and drawbacks I mean like there's huge kind of like drawbacks in the suffering loss all yeah. sorts of other things you know there is that that sense that you know we can't come together and physically be in a room for conference and and things so 
So there's all of that. But I honestly do think that had it not been for, you know, what's been going on recently, maybe we wouldn't have connected. You know, maybe maybe we wouldn't be sat here having this conversation so comfortable mm. with using, you know, kind of like technology. The fact that I, you know, can connect with people in a really actually familiar and comfortable way with people wherever they are is it's an interesting one isn't it because you know I'm 100% you know the amount of times that I finish off emails to people and saying oh wouldn't it be great if we're all at conference this year wouldn't it be great if I could see you you know of course there is that but then at the same time you know actually the world's opened up a bit you know some you know, kind of like as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm connecting differently. Yeah. Um, I'm connecting, you know, during training and things like that. One of my um, things is how do we make it as much like we're in a room together? You know, how yeah. do we, you know, actually create a meeting, create a training workshop, whatever it is that actually we can feel like we're in the same you know room and you know I know that the stuff the therapists that you put on you know kind of like in actual fact because we're more familiar with things I think it's most likely increased other people's access yeah to each other yeah good and not so good in in all of it hey yeah and that's life isn't it <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely with everything and but I think that it's a really interesting point and I I haven't thought so much about it like that because I guess I you know I have family overseas and I have a lot of friends over there so I have been a little bit focused on but I want to get on a plane and fly to the UK so I can see people rather than I guess embracing some of this more which I could be doing so thank you for, for bringing that to my attention because it's both, isn't it? It's yeah. both. You know, it's all very well me sat here saying, you know, because I can, you know, it's it's a six-hour trek, but I can go and see my mum. Yeah. You know, I can uh, go and see people. You know, I don't have people who I can't see. Yeah. You know, kind of that type. And, and there's lots of people in the world who, who can't see, you know, mm family partners children you know it's so it's both yeah it is a cft kind of thing around or certainly it became clearer and clearer to me as I was working in cft so I learned it through cft but other people will learn it through other routes is that thing that things can be both yeah um so we can be excited about something as well as terrified you yeah, know kind absolutely of, you know we can be really pleased for somebody else about something whilst also feeling some degree of jealousy yeah. you know and we can so so there is something about embracing what this has has given us but also being gentle with the fact of there's there's huge losses there's huge yeah. impact yeah. this is absolutely feelings aren't mutually exclusive hey we can have a a range of them at the same time Mm. Uh, Mm. I guess it's that looking at different perspectives of things isn't it 
taking a situation but actually looking at it from different perspectives yeah yeah Yeah. so so just revisiting back to the sort of work you do with young people I'm curious because I I as I have got older I love listening to younger people talk about stuff I think it's great um yeah I'm just curious what's been your biggest learning in your work with young people I think there's the biggest bit is most likely the need to make things relevant. Yeah. I think what happens with when we're adults, we go along and, you know, we might go for therapy ourselves. We might kind of like see people for therapy. There's often a consistency between appointments, you know, kind of like, and, and you know, people have come along, they've, they've often thought about, they've gone through a process of to be seen, et cetera, and they've got a focus. Mm. Um, with young people, the thing is, is that, you know, who shows up one week might be different, you know, kind of same person, but kind of like different headspace, yeah. you know, that they're in. So there is something about needing to be adaptive and flexible flexible and what might have been relevant to one person isn't relevant to another person what might have been relevant the week before isn't relevant yeah. you know the, the the following week um so so it's working through what's important you know for for them yeah. so you know i might do quite a lot of work through sport or through drama you know kind of like within schools or through um, you know, through all sorts of different um, approaches. And, you know, a common theme about that is how one is talking to oneself. Yeah. You know, but it's not done in the same way as I might do with an adult. It can be, but it's it's more of a kind of like a coaching style. Um, so there's a big thing about making things relevant for young people them them engaging with the material of course it's engaging with me but you know that people seeing a point to yeah. what we're talking about yeah so it sounds like that and as much as we need to be present with all our clients it sounds like there's this real need to be very present and perhaps slightly more flexible yeah, with younger yeah. people because and I guess they're in such a you know developmental phase as well aren't they and there's a lot of change that happens in those younger years so kind of being more on the ball so to speak with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you know so so the whole thing but you know this isn't specific to CFT it's kind of like it's it's very you know um it's being a parent, it's being an aunt or an uncle, it's being a, you know, kind of like, is yeah. is the fact of, from a therapist's point of view, you can prep, yeah. you know, kind of like, which which is what, but then, you know, actually my preparation <laughs> might be totally and utterly irrelevant. Yes. You know, kind of like the follow, you know, kind of like for that session. Yeah. Um, so, and and it would be inappropriate for me to be saying, oh no, but we, you know, can like have planned to do this. Or we said last week we were going to focus on this. Or... <laughs> this is my agenda. Could you please yeah. stick to it? <laughs> it's like no, <laughs> think on your feet. <laughs> so you've got to think on your feet and and kind of dodge and weave and change what you're doing. And yeah, yeah. yeah so so I think that there is, 
you know, there's definitely there's definitely that. Um, but you know, hopefully we're just doing that anyway. Yeah. You know, kind of like with you know whomever we're seeing. Yeah. Because I know for myself, you know, I can um, there can be a different version of me you know, on a week by week version. Yeah. And it comes back to that whole thing about, you know, showing up all of yourself, yeah. you know, different, different angles, different, you know, versions. Um, so maybe with, I don't know, my hunches that when I'm working with younger people, I have to probe less. Mm-hmm. for the different versions it's just kind of like yeah. you know whereas with adults um you know we can get into a set pattern can't we and and a, you know sometimes a good question is you know if I'd have spoken to you at a different point in the week you know kind of like if I had of you know or you know are there things that we're not talking about are there versions of you yeah you know um you know on a bad day tell me about a you know kind of like a difficult thing that's what we're doing isn't it it's kind of but there's more probing maybe and I wonder because I guess you know the longer we live if if we get into that sort of um thing of mask wearing yeah we we learn to put on a mask don't we and behave a particular way and I suppose the more years you have of practicing doing that the more skilled you are at that (laughs) and then Perhaps as a therapist, we have to probe a little bit more to kind of see if we yeah. can't get people to lower that mask and and feel that sense of safeness in therapy, so they can do that as well. Huge, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You say it so much more eloquently than me, Haley. <laughs> as well, if it's about us learning, you know, that we can lower our mask as well, because I think there's quite a narrative about what we should be as therapists which oh, I don't God. think is always that helpful. I think if we can be our authentic self um, yeah. and not feel that we've got to put such a mask on, that can be that can be helpful too. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that is a huge thing, isn't it? And it's worth thinking where that comes from sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, I think unfortunately there is a sometimes or we can cultivate with ourselves an emphasis on um you know getting it right asking the right question mm. being you know kind of like well you know well, such and such they seem to have it all sort of that therapist or um and you know yeah it's it's kind of sometimes how things are taught yeah to us you know uh, that there's a right and a wrong um that there is this way you know and we have got to stick to this and I think that can put an inordinate amount of pressure and you know do I believe it's helpful to know protocols yes do I think it's helpful for us to learn from people who you know do have that expert you know kind of like overview it seems and absolutely But not to then beat ourselves up about the fact that, you know, kind of like we're work in progress, because you know what? They'll be work in progress as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think would have been helpful for you when you were a new practitioner starting out? What do you think it would be helpful to, to have heard? 
It's a good question. I think I would have benefited from people, you know, kind of like saying that, as I say, there are all of these different ways of working, you know, kind of like there's all of these different, and it's about you developing a way of working that you bring yourself mm. to the rather than me trying to be somebody that I wasn't, I think that might have benefited yeah. me, you know, kind of like, so, so it's almost like, um, I don't know, I think in pictures, but trees are natural things, yeah. you know, and we can, we can prune them and we can cultivate, you know, um, and look after them and things like that. But, you know, no true two trees are the same. Yeah. And nor do we expect them to be, hey? (laughs) We don't, do we? You know, like it's that, and you know, that we're not robots. We're not working on an algorithm, are we? Yeah. So so the thing is, is that it's respecting each tree and their journey. Yeah. And then kind of like it's it's for all therapists to cultivate, you know, but we need others around us as well. So, So there is something about actually finding those people um around us who can be on you know can like can support us in it yeah um you know so so the thing is I don't know I'm kind of like going off on a bit of a, a digression tangent you know a bit discombobulated maybe but you know it's it's like with our client work yeah you know we don't expect them to transform into you know kind of like a different per, you know a whole we 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 hope that in our work that they find strength in you know themselves and that they you know people talk about the best version and all of these different things but you know kind of like actually it can be authentic yeah. see the strengths be caring of themselves look after them you know cells etc but as therapists, we sometimes expect of ourselves to kind of like to to end up kind of, I don't know, aspiring to be um, somebody else, inhabiting this expert. I think, so I don't know, it's, it's a roundabout kind of like way of me saying, that's what I would have, have liked, most likely an environment, not somebody necessarily saying it to me, but an environment where you have people around you who do kind of like that has that emphasis yeah it reminds me of what you're talking about before with community and it's almost like having this community around you that models being authentic yeah Yeah, we we all bring something very personal to being a therapist don't we yeah and I I was holding mind you know we need to be professional and ethical Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then bring our authentic self and what we bring to the table in terms of being a therapist. Yeah. And it's okay to do that because I can't be Mary Welford and Mary Welford can't be Hayley Quinn. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's really okay. Yeah. 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 So I'd, I'd have liked, yeah, I would have liked more of a, you know, can I, and, and, and if it was somebody saying, saying something to me, it would be, you don't need to do this all yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I definitely felt as if 
um, I had, you know, I had amazing people around me, but there was still this kind of, but I've got to, you know, um, I've got to push and I've got to, you know, an emphasis less on togetherness and you know there was more of an emphasis on on me proving myself you know um me during supervision and all sorts of things it's it was about proving that I was good enough yeah really. it can be really tricky can't it hugely no. hugely you know kind of like it's it's a very vulnerable you know um tricky position to be in mm. you know the pressure that we put ourselves under especially yeah and then when we're faced by the huge kind of like we want to you know we're not I have packed dog biscuits that has been my job so I'm not dissing the fact of packing dog biscuits but when I was packing dog biscuits the stakes were high yeah you know so there's this kind of like we we work with people where the stakes are pretty high there's a spectrum with that yeah so given that what do you find are the biggest challenges that you face in terms of taking care of yourself as a practitioner because I think a lot of people struggle with this yeah I kind of think that I know for myself that you know there's a there's a theme that's coming through I think as I'm talking um if I don't have the right, not the right, that's the wrong word, but if I don't have people around me, um, I know that I can kind of like go off piste, mm-hmm. as it were. And off piste is fine sometimes, but but you know, therapeutically or personally, you know, in my work life, that's not so great. So I need, you know, you can find because life gets in the way, doesn't it? That mm-hmm. it can be quite a isolating job which is not one isn't it because we work with humans all of the time but it can be a professionally isolating thing so it's some and sometimes that is a challenge because you've got all sorts of other things that's going on so I need I need therapeutic community around me um I think that the other thing is recognition that self-care isn't all about doing the you know, I'll go for a walk, I'll practice a bit of mindfulness, I will, uh, self-care is actually tuning in to oneself, noticing, yeah, and then thinking absolutely. what I need. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, can I, I find the, I find the, the mindfulness and the practices and the, I find that so much easier than when I tune into myself and think I need to have that conversation, yes, you know, or I need to say no to that, or I, um, you know, need to rein in this, or I need to push myself more, yeah, you know, or I need to tidy the house, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like, or I need to, I need to cook myself some food that is in the freezer, yeah. so I'm not constantly going, what on earth do I, you know. Actually, that's all. That's all self care. Absolutely, it's like it's like that thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, I could do the bubble bath thing, but do you know what? I actually really need to go and <laughs> do something I don't want to do. <laughs> no, no, I want to go and do the bubble bath thing. That sounds so much nicer. But if I don't go and do that thing or have that difficult conversation, things are yeah. going to be so much more difficult. 
Yeah. Or yeah. if we lose touch with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that regular checking in is yeah. so important so we don't lose touch with ourselves. Yeah, because, you know, I sit... You know, I have the benefit of uh, in my work. I mean, you know, th- there's various different kind of um, you know referral sources or people who get in contact yeah. with me. And you know, whether it be through the training, through the retreats, through kind of like per, you know, kind of like one-to-one therapy, I do see quite a number of you know, kind of like therapists. Yeah, and you know, people who will make self, you know we'll be doing all of the things you know kind of like as I say have a mindfulness practice you know engage in kind of like imagery doing all of these you know difficult things but it's it's almost become a um a, a, another stick to beat themselves with yeah yeah you know another thing on the to-do list um so I'm not saying that that isn't important it's hugely important but it's about balance yeah yeah, it can't be all that there is, can it? No. I, I often think about it. We need what I like to think of as a deep and courageous level of self-care. It yes. can't be just on the surface. We have to go within and yeah. and it does take courage. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, facing up to things that perhaps we're doing that are harmful to ourselves or, yeah. uh, you know, at best unhelpful. Yeah. And thinking yeah. about how we're going to change those things takes courage. You know, the sort of stuff we might work with clients around that we perhaps need to do for ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah, I think social media has kind of made it all a bit bubble baths and massages, hasn't it? Which, again, are lovely. I, I love those, but yeah. they're, not, they're not quite enough, are they? For, uh, no, no, um, they're not. And yeah. I can't, you know, it is, it's that creating the balance it's often doing I like you know kind of like you saying about being courageous it's having it's having the courage yeah. you know to turn towards those sorts of things yeah. um but it's also about not doing it on your own yeah yeah so can you tell us a bit about the retreats that you're on with Dr Deborah Lee yeah I am going to make it over there one year and yeah. come along um and why do you believe therapist self-care is so important because obviously you run these retreats for therapists and helping professionals yeah yeah yeah. so um so number one um I love where I live you know kind of like it is absolutely you know we're on the coast it's it's beautiful I feel really grounded kind of like here and there's something about wanting to share that or have a kind of like welcoming people so there's as part of that, um, there's a huge part of me and Deborah um, wanting a reason to regularly get together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, what can we do that would be lovely that kind of, you know, and, and we put, you know, time into thinking about, you know, it each time. So that means that we connect and, yeah. you know, we go through kind of like slides and we talk about practices and all sorts of different things. So, so there's partly, you know, it is a vehicle for, um, but you know, the big thing is it's about, um, wanting to connect with other therapists, share some ideas and engage with the materials. Um, and we call it a real treat for therapists, but we have a bit of a disclaimer on it, which is, 
you know, just exactly as we've just been talking about there is, you know, we could make it really nice. We do yoga on the beach. We go on a geology walk. We have walks. We kind of like sit around a campfire on the beach. We could do, fill it with all of those types of things. Mm. And people will go away feeling refreshed, but maybe not as changed. Yeah. They're kind of like as we do some hard work. Yeah. So, so we really think about, you know, where we're at and, you know, how we're talking to ourselves and how as therapists, you know, as human beings, we can feel shame about certain things. And, you know, we talk about our, you know, how we got to the point at which we're at. Um, And, and it's quite an emotional um, experience but hopefully supported by amazing people because mm. anybody who's come along, you know, you just, you've only got to spend a shorter amount of time with, you know, kind of like with other human beings and hear a bit about their story. And, you know, everyone's amazing. It's a supportive, safe environment. The The landscape, I think, supports that work because you can decompress. You can, you can do a kind of like we can have an hour and a half of quite intense you know, can like work, don't want to scare people off, but emotional connecting, you know, kind of like work, but then you can walk straight out of the building and you can, you know, stand in front of the ocean, you know, um, and walk about the, on the beach and put your feet into the water and feel the sand and feel the, you know, kind of like the water or plunge into the, you know, kind of like the sea pool or whatever it is. So, Beautiful. yeah, so it's kind yeah. of like, it's, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a way that, people can um have space for themselves to do this work but also to learn a bit about the model as well and kind of like how how to use it so it is cpd it is personal practice hopefully it's a treat yeah that's fantastic and i think when you were saying it as well that really you and deborah just want to have a good excuse to hang out you know on a more serious note with that i think when we can think about things in our work that yeah. if we can do things like that, where you're perhaps connecting with somebody you really cherish and you can do work alongside with them as a project, a one-off or an ongoing thing, these are the sort of things that if we can add them into our work, yeah, isn't that part of self-care too? I mean, you know, we spend a lot of our life working. Yeah, I think yeah. if you can find projects and things that actually, you know, are light and you know perhaps you're with people you really care about or it's something that you can have a laugh with or I'm all yeah. for that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant yeah no I kind of like that yeah 100% and I'll definitely be as soon as I can get on a plane and you are having a retreat I will be coming because it sounds amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, as I said just a shout out to everybody who's been on it you know mm-hmm. I have developed um you know personally and professionally from people coming along showing up sharing you know I um you know I'm still in contact with the majority you know we've set up whatsapp groups and things like that and you know even though those aren't that you know sometimes they go quiet and then there's a flurry of activity around something it's you know these things are great vehicles um to to connect absolutely Again, it comes back, doesn't it? Connection and community. And we are social yeah. beings. This stuff is yeah. so important for us. 
Yeah. And and somewhat tricky at the moment in various places in the world, and certainly here in Australia, um, in the southern states, people being isolated and you know, finding ways of staying connected is so important, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I asked this question of everybody. If you could meet yourself 20 years from now, what do you mm. think your future self would say to you? <laughs> Um, I think there would be something about just do it you know there's there's, again what what CFT taught me and and, you know I keep referring to CFT because that's my journey my personal journey but um you know it could be you know kind of like other people can get to this point you know kind of like through other routes but what CFT told me is it's all about the blocks it's all about the barriers you know you know so people will often think oh it's about the you know kind of like it's about the compassionate mind training it's about doing this it's about the breathing is all these sorts of things no it's about the blocks it's about what blocks us um and the thing is, is that, you know, we can find ourselves on the hamster wheel and, and we we come up for air and we think, oh, you know, I need to do this or I'd like to do that. Or wouldn't it be amazing if we could do this? But then we kind of don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah, exactly. We're kind of like making this gesture, which is kind of like pushing it away. You know, save it for another day. I'll come to that, uh, you know. Um, and, you know, we can just, yeah, spend our life putting things off. Uh, that we know would be helpful to us. Yeah. Um, so there would be something around, yeah, be brave, go for it. Yeah. You know, you know, you you know what what you know kind of like what would be helpful. You know, you know the life that um, would be, um, you know that you want to live. Yeah. You yeah. know, go for it and. There is, you know, of course, as I'm saying that, you know, kind of like it's that and bit, you know, there are real, there are things, you know, I've got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. You know, kind of like I've got to, I've got, to, I can't say to my kids, oh, you know what, you know, I'm going for it. <laughs> you know, kind of like, <laughs> see ya. You know, what, what's going on for you guys? But, you know, so there are all sorts of different things, but, but in the things that I can adjust. Yeah. That's what I would be saying to myself, actually. Make the adjustments now because, you know, before you know it. Yeah. And I like to think I've been doing that, but I do end up regularly back on the hamster wheel, mm. you know, and so therefore it's a call to keep on, you know, just do it, keep on doing it, keep on checking yeah. in with yourself, keep on, you know, I, it's not a, it's not a magic pill. It's not a all of a sudden you'll have it all sorted. It's this, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it, keep checking in with yourself, get the good counsel of others, have people around you that will help you, but keep, you know, and and keep making those adjustments. Yeah, like so many things, it's an ongoing practice, isn't it? Keep returning to self, tuning in, noticing, listening, taking action. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I always remind myself as well, the thing I think about when I think about choice is the really great thing about choice is you can always make another one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I just remind myself of that. You make a choice. You can always make another one. I love that. I, my other one, is, which which kind of like I feel I, it brings a smile to my face, is um, my other strategy is decide to decide later. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes I can't make a decision. Yeah. You know, and then you can rack yourself, can't you, with kind of like, oh no, but I should be able to do this. And so I will, you know, in line with your one there, it's 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 actually no, I'll decide to decide later, but but making sure I do, not in a putting yeah. off way. You know, when it's November and I've got more information at my fingertips and everything, that's when I'm gonna, you know, can like decide. Yeah, I like that. Decide, you know, can I later? But I love that kind of like just always the good thing about choices is yeah. Always make (laughs) another one. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Really love that. That's gonna be one of mine in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. If people want to find out more about you, get in touch or get hold of one of your wonderful books, because you've written many books, um, what would be the best way of sort of engaging with you and your work? So I, yeah, books, books are there and books, you know, like so the kindness workbook, you know, what is really nice is lots of things from there are just really available through the overcoming website. Um, so you can put those in, or you can get, you know, so you can dip your toe in and look at look at those. Yeah, yeah, I'm do I do things like this and podcasts and you know, kind of well, not my own, but I'd kind of <laughs> I'm sometimes because I'm not that organised. Um, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I kind of like I, you know, there's little bits and pieces, yeah. you know, out there that people can dip the toe into, you know, the self confidence stuff or the dumbest things, etc. So that's and obviously the books are are out there. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, the emails I'm sometimes, I haven't, I've still got a website that is in progress <laughs> and it just still has a little bit of information. Then it says it's in progress. I think that's been for the last eight years. Cool. And, and you know, like all of us, hey, we're all in eight, progress, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I would say Twitter. So at Dr. Mary Welford would be a good way of, becoming part of the community as well because what I love about Twitter is the fact that I am aware that there's you know kind of there's problems you know within certain kind of like areas of Twitter and and things but there's a community called with the hashtag 365 days of compassion and I just it's a lovely community where people come in and come out and become more active and then a bit less active um but it's a really lovely virtual space so mm. and generally I do you know I do respond to things on there I might be a bit delayed but the community is okay with that um and sometimes I'm absolutely on it mm. <laughs> and on that regularly you know so so that I would say through Twitter fantastic well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you thank you for zooming in from the UK early in the morning and um, it's been really, really lovely. 
I was thinking, you know, Helen, because I was listening to one of your other podcasts and you were speaking to, you know, kind of like you weren't speaking to a northerner from England. Um, and there was a whole different kind of like how you were speaking, because we do adapt how we're speaking, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> so I was kind of thinking some of your listeners will hear a very more northern version of your voice. Well, because I'm a northerner. I'm a northern girl, you see. So when I get with northern folk, it um, it does tend to draw out my own thicker accents. So. <laughs> different versions, different versions. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. No worries at all. You oh, take, you take care. care. Bye. Thank you for sharing this time with me today. I hope your time here was helpful and supportive. If there has been something in this episode that you have found helpful, I invite you to share it with another person you think might benefit. I'd also love it if you'd like to leave a review wherever you tune in. Reviews really help to increase awareness of podcasts, meaning I can spread helpful information more widely. All reviews are welcome and much appreciated, as I know they take time out of your day. If you'd like to be notified when the next episode airs, please use the link in the show notes to join my mailing list. Music and editing by Nissa Ray. Thanks, Nissa. I wish you all well in your relationship with yourself and may you go well and go gently.